Take our Bibles from Hebrews chapter 11, and then also uh, put a marker over in the book of Genesis, chapter number 48, and uh, there's no way I'll be able to finish the lesson today, um, and then you'll have to remember what I say today, because it'll be a few weeks before I'm back, because I'll be away preaching the next few weeks, and uh, which is good, that's what I need to be doing as an evangelist, but uh, I've been enjoying teaching these uh, these lessons, and I uh, really enjoy restudying the lessons, and this week I'm real excited about it. Um, it's one when I first put the series together, when I came to this verse, I was like, well, there's not much here. Boy, was I wrong. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. We've read verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We've been talking about how that the Christian life is really just a, a, a step of faith, one step after the other. In Romans 1, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, you know, it's really easy, even as a believer, when you've been saved a while, to walk by sight. Oh, I've been here before. I know this. But God wants to do something different. He wants you to trust Him. And so we have to, the more we learn about God, the more we can trust Him. If you're going to know God, you're going to have to learn to walk by faith. You have to keep taking those steps of faith. And sometimes, as we're going to see in the lesson today, the steps of faith don't make sense. Have you ever noticed that God's way is not your way? Isaiah 55, I wish we had time to go there. He doesn't think like I do. And I don't think like He does. Unless I'm in His book, Amen. Uh, and our faith we saw last week as we looked into the life uh, there of, of, um, of Jacob, or Isaac looking at Jacob and Esau, <clears throat> we saw that our relationship with our children is determined by our faith. It affects how we react with our children. And one of the, one of the tragedies of the American culture today is the destruction of the home. In the home, as a father, I'm supposed to demonstrate to my children how to react, how to interact with the Father in heaven. So as a father, I'm to teach my children to interact with me so they will know how to interact with Him. Is it any wonder we have such spiritual problems in our country when we've destroyed the very first institution God created, the home? And so we saw that last week, how that... that, uh, uh, when, when we looked at verse, uh, go ahead and look at verse number 20 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, even when he taught us and gave us the, the, the outline of prayer, many people call it the Lord's Prayer, it's not, he never prayed it. But the outline of prayer, what you commonly call the, the Lord's Prayer, starts off with what? Our Father. You realize that's a new relationship in the New Testament. No one in the Old Testament called God Father. That's something Jesus revealed to us. I wish we had time to look at that. But as we look now into verse number uh, 21, look at it there. Hebrews 11, thank you for looking. Uh, By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, must have been from the south, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning upon the top of his, his staff. Let's pray, then we'll jump right into these, these thoughts and, and we'll get to them as far as we can. Father, I pray you'd help us as we study. There's so many truths here that I really believe could affect every one of us in such a way that we would have a stronger faith in you and we would live in such a way 
that others would see that faith demonstrated and it would increase their faith. I pray you to help us to learn from this passage in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've said over and over again, Hebrews 11, God lists His heroes of faith. And, and we're going to look at, at, at this, this list again, chosen by God, and we're going to look at one that you and I may not have chosen. And it's interesting, God, when He talks about Jacob, lists one verse about his life of faith. It's literally one sentence. But it tells us so much about him. Look at it again. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both of, of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. God does not here list all the things that happened in Jacob's life. He doesn't talk about Jacob being blessed uh, by his father at Bethel. Uh, he, he doesn't talk about him hearing the promises of God the first time. Uh, he doesn't talk about Jacob uh, being blessed by God when he was at Laban's house and how that uh, when he took care of his cattle, his cattle was greater than anybody else's. And he doesn't talk about that. Uh, when, when they tried to get in and, and switch that all around so his cattle would be worse, God still blessed his. And by the way, you're not going to undo God's plan. God doesn't talk about Jacob coming back to Bethel the second time. But Dave, this is the one that puzzles me. Why didn't God in Hebrews 11 talk about Jacob wrestling with the angel, the Lord Jesus, and being touched by God? God doesn't even mention it in Hebrews 11. Was there faith in those stories? Absolutely. Those were great examples of faith. But it's not what God chose to direct our attention to in the life of Jacob. He doesn't mention that right after Jacob wrestled with the angel, he reunited with his brother Esau. Would you like to have been there for that? Last time you saw Esau, Esau threatened and promised, I'm going to kill you. And it is kind of funny when you read the story, he sends his wives with their kids first to see if they live through it. Then he comes up, every time I read that, I go, yeah, great man right there. You go see if he kills you and then I'll come across. God doesn't mention the third time Jacob comes to Bethel. You know what this tells me? God's perspective of our life is usually very different than ours. God lists what Jacob did at the end of his life. He lists literally the very last thing Jacob ever did. Look again at verse 21. I know we've read it a couple times. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both of the sons, both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Now, this isn't the main thought of the lesson, but I just couldn't get away from it. Jacob's faith tells me a couple things about him. His faith, your faith, will do when you're dying. I couldn't help but think about the song, and I won't sing it for you. But give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. His faith worked at the end of his life. How many times have we seen somebody get to the end of their life and then question all the things that happened because it didn't go the way they thought it would? Not Jacob. At the end of his life, he finished well. He had faith at the end. You know, there's a lot about the life of Jacob that would cause us to doubt his level of faith. I mean, he was a deceiver. I mean, his name means trickster. You would not have bought a used car from him. Driven to church on Sundays by a little old lady. Right, a bunch of teenagers had it, and, you know. Or they bought it from the son of a preacher. 
Don't ever do that. First car I ever bought was from the son of a pastor who was in Bible college. Don't ever buy a car like that because if they're done with it, it's done. <laughs> bought a 1970 Ford LTD two-door with a 351 Cleveland, been bored 30 over, had a mild race cam in it. In the middle of our honeymoon, in the middle of driving from Colorado to West Virginia, it blew up. Wish I had time to tell the rest of that story, but just, I feel like I bought that from Jacob. But it says, when he was a dying. The second thing it tells me about this, not only will it do when I'm dying, it's never too late to begin a life of faith. I think sometimes when we hear stories of Christians, and especially preachers, because we're the ones that get the pulpit, we talk about, you know, I got saved when I was 11. I preached my first revival meeting when I was 16. People hear that, it's like, well, I didn't get saved until I was 35. And I was a drunk when I got saved. I could never have the blessing you had. You can have all the blessings God intends for you. Your life of faith can start at any time. What a blessing that is. And sometimes we start well, then we'll have times like Jacob in the middle where we don't do real well. But aren't you glad we can still finish well? To fully understand what's described here in Hebrews 11, we've got to go back to Genesis chapter number 48, the story that God talks about. So let's go back there. And we may only get through the first point of this, probably as far as we'll get, because I don't want to rush through so many of these things. They're just too good to rush through. So we're going to read the passage here, Genesis chapter number 48. We'll begin in verse number 1. And I'm going to go ahead and read the entire chapter because we'll refer to all of it. And you'll see the story in its context. Genesis 48 verse 1, It came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob, and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz, at the land of Canaan, and blessed me. And he said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. We in America and in this present political climate need to be reminded all of what we call Palestine or the promised land, Israel, and a lot of area around what we call Israel belongs to Israel. God gave it to them. It's theirs. It's, notice what it says, an everlasting possession. They didn't get that land because in 1948 there was a war or that in 1973 there was another war. No, God gave it to them. So he's, he's promising that. Notice verse 5. Now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which, are born into, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee <coughs> into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which, shall, uh, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came to Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way. And, while yet there was, uh, and when yet there was but a little way to come unto uh, Ephrath, I buried her in the way of Ephrath, and came, uh, the same is Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons, and said, Whose are these? Who are these? 
And, and Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he thought them near, uh, he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. You tell how many of us have Schofields, and we all turn the page right there. <laughs> and Joseph took down both uh, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and he brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh, um, Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemeth me from all evil, bless the lads, let thy name be named on them, and the name of thy fathers Abraham and Isaac, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hands to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is my, the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. His father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. And he also should become a people. And he also should be great. But truly his, his younger brothers shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become the multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to these one portion, uh, given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my battle. So we read this passage, it's an amazing story, there's so much to talk about. But as we read this about the life and the faith of, of Jacob or Israel, as he's referred to both here, as he starts talking about his faith, he begins, if you're taking notes, point one, his faith uh, began when he was recounting God's blessings. As he's talking to his son Joseph and his two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, he begins to talk to him. See, Joseph come to see his father because somebody had said, hey, your father's sick, he's going to die. So he comes to him. He brings his boys. Verse 3 says that God Almighty appeared unto me, Joseph, uh, Jacob says to his sons. God appeared to me. He begins to tell his children, his son and his grandsons about his faith and what God had done for him. You see, Jacob had to visit because somebody had told Joseph, your dad's dying. And he went. And verse number 11 tells us uh, he didn't expect to see Joseph, uh, uh, Israel didn't expect to see Joseph. I had not thought to see thy face. He comes and he, 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 he begins to recount to him what had happened. You see, uh, 
Joseph knew what his personal journey had been. He knew that his brothers had sold him into slavery. His brothers took back a bloody garment. This wasn't the first time Jacob thought he would never see Joseph again. That had happened when his brothers sold him into slavery and brought back that bloody garment. He never thought he'd see his boy again, but here he is again. He sees him and he says, I'm getting ready to die. I didn't think I would see you again. And look at verse number two. It says, And one told Jacob, and he said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon his bed. It says in Hebrews 11, I'll read that verse for you again, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Um, I meant to bring a wooden staff, but I'm going to borrow a cane. So if you misbehave, I'll smack you with it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. When we read that, like when I first read that, like leaning upon the top of his staff, what in the world does that mean and why is it there? You know, why did God tell us that he was leaning on his staff? Well, the staff was the symbol of the patriarch of the family. He was the oldest one. He was the one that everybody, you know, deferred to him. You know how it is when you get together for family reunion. My family it, on dad's side doesn't do that. They're all from back hills of Kentucky and getting them together. Can, it's not a good thing. All right, just we'll leave it there. But think of this. He's, this the staff was a symbol that he was the head of the family. And it would be passed from generation to generation. He was the one everyone looked to. He's dying. He's laying on his bed. But here's Joseph is coming. He grabs that staff and he pulls himself up to a seated position. That's his son. His grandsons are here. He was encouraged because he, they were there. That's your question. How many people are encouraged just by your presence? He was strengthened not because they said anything. You know, there are times when people go through a heartache, there's nothing you can say. Just in a few months, it'll be three years since my mom went to heaven. And I remember going to see dad right after I got the call. And we headed down to Ohio. Preacher, there wasn't anything I could say to dad to fix it. And so I just walked into the room. And that's all he needed. Just our presence. Here... Jacob's faith, his, it was strengthened. Why? Because the boys were just there. They encouraged him. And then he begins to recount, verse number 43, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz, at the, at the land of Canaan, and blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee, a fruit, I will make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, I will make of thee a multitude of people. He was going to tell him all the things going to happen. God appeared to him. Just as he'd appeared to Abraham, just as he'd appeared to Isaac, he had appeared to Jacob. It was personal. He'd heard the stories of Abraham. You ever thought about this? He heard the stuff that God didn't write down. You know the family stuff? We all have it. Our family's often told, you guys need to write a book about ministry. No. <laughs> Not happening. Why? Number one, no one would believe it. They would sell it in the fiction section. No one would believe it. Number two, anybody considering ministry would go running, screaming the other way. He said, not happening. 
But we all have those things that it's good nobody else knows. Can I get a witness? Uh, Jacob knew all that stuff about his dad and his grandpa. Um, he knew all the, the family stuff. He recounted, he, was, he said, God appeared to me just like he did to Abraham to Isaac. And then he said, God promised me, verse 4, behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee. He was recounting to the next generation what God had done for him so that they would know. He was saying, God met with me. God met with my dad. God met with my grandfather. And he can meet with you and to you boys too. That is so important. In our walk of faith, the reason I think we have generations that walk away from God, walk away from the churches where they were raised, we failed to recount in their presence what God did for us personally and to discuss it as a family. It's good for families to get together and just talk about your journey of faith. I love the song, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. I'm going to close with this thought, but I'm a good friend, Lupe Duarte. Some of you know about him. He went to heaven a few years ago. He died of cancer. I remember when I talked to him the last two years of his life, every time I would talk to him, knowing he had cancer, knowing he was going to die. You'd say, Brother Lupe, how you doing? He'd say, better than I deserve. I talked to him about a week before he went to heaven by phone. He lives in California. Well, he lives in heaven now. I said, Brother Lupe, how you doing? He said, better than I deserve. And it wasn't just a trite saying. His, his faith encouraged everyone who knew him. Notice, uh, we'll look at this last verse, Genesis 48, 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. He knew the blessing at Laban's house wasn't because he was a good worker, it was God. Amen. The reason he had plenty was because of God. The reason he had so many cattle was not because he was a good cowboy. It wasn't because he was a good rancher. It's because of the good hand of God upon him. Everything about him. In verse number 16, the angel which redeemed me from all the evil blessed the lads. He understood everything good about him came from God. We must understand that, that our blessings and our faith is because of the goodness of God. And as we recount that to our children and our grandchildren, It'll increase their faith and help them to trust the same God we trust. We have to stop right there. We're over time. Sorry. Uh, we just, we had the test. I tried to get him to avoid the test, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> just tried to help you. But uh, faith. Keep reading uh, chapter 48 and back in a few weeks and we'll, we'll look back at that. Lessons of faith from the life of Jacob. Father, I pray you'd help us to understand that we need to be telling others about what you've done for us. May we share the stories of your blessing upon us as we have stepped out in faith and you have blessed. May we, through our example, help and encourage others to step out in faith. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.